Four score and seven years ago, our forefathers distilled a new nation and brought forth bourbon, the water of life. So grab a glass and join Paul, AJ, and JC on another episode of Bourbon with Friends. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Bourbon with Friends. Today we have the founder and distiller of Few Spirits, Paul Letko. How are you doing, sir? Hey, doing great, guys. Happy I'm, uh, we're we're really excited to to have you on. Um, we've been seeing, you know, we've seen the bottles and stuff around uh, a lot more in the last, you know, year, especially that we've been doing this and we've been, you know, hearing a lot of good things and so a lot of really, positive feedback. And, and so we're really excited. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear, you know, kind of what you guys got going on, some of your backstory, and uh, try some of this delicious whiskey you all have. Yeah, glad to be here, and uh, yeah, we're certainly continuing to grow and. Uh, you know, been on the market now just about 10 years. Uh, we're actually having our 10th birthday, including a special release uh, coming up. Our birthday is actually in about, uh, I don't know, five, six weeks. Awesome. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Which is funny because we always, we, every year we forget about it. And they're like, oh, shit, we missed it again. <laughs> um, but uh, it's the 10th. You got to make sure to hit that one. Yeah. Well, we'll probably forget <laughs> the actual day, but uh, we're, yeah, we're excited. You know, there's not a whole lot of us craft whiskey companies that have been around 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're excited. It's, I think it's kind of a little bit of a milestone that some of us little upstarts and some of these little, you know, snot nosed punks were starting to get some, uh, you know, starting <laughs> to get some time on the market. Yeah. And, and you guys are doing a lot of really cool stuff with whiskey, too, which is. And you came in before their kind of craft boom really happened that everyone, you know, they're popping up everywhere. So the snot nosed punks kind of. At the time, they were like, who's this new kid? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's funny. I agree. When we started up, people were like, craft spirits? What? What is that? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. What is a craft spirit? He's like, well, it's it's like craft beer, but spirits. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Like, can you do that? Like, well, you know, yeah. Or, you know. I am. Oh, this thing is craft whiskey. It's just craft beer, right? I'm like, no. Oh, this is craft whiskey. Uh, just one world's best. Oh, you sure? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, I'm sure. I think you're starting to see, at least from what we're just kind of in our year of doing this, our birthday is actually in three days. days. Um, His birthday is tomorrow. Yep. uh, So, so, um, I'm sorry. Happy 22nd birthday. (laughs) (laughs) I wish. It was a while ago. I could almost say in double. Almost, because I'm older than that. <laughs> yeah, so. I was about to say, you don't know how old JC is, do you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I said almost. Um, so, you know, we've seen all these craft distilleries that are popping up and doing stuff, and it's really cool because uh, it, it's the pushing the envelope. It's it's doing new things, trying new processes and stuff, which I think is really taking the spirit forward. And so this is why it's really fun for us to talk to people like you. So for those of of our listeners who may not know, you know, about the brand give like that 10,000 foot overview of how you got started what's behind the name and uh kind of what your passion for it uh all culminated in sure so i mean few spirits were a grain to glass distillery uh based in evanston illinois which is just right outside chicago uh so a lot of stuff to unpack there and we'll just start off with grain to glass uh, what that means they actually make all of our own whiskey ourselves uh we don't buy any whiskey we don't go to southern indiana to buy anything we don't go to Kentucky. We don't go to Tennessee. We don't go to anywhere. Uh, we go to farms. We buy grain from them. Uh, we mash it. We ferment it. We distill it. We age it. We bottle it. 
and we put it in Glen Cairn glasses all over the world. Uh, so the I fact like how that sounds. Yep. Uh, the fact that we're granular glass is something that we're really proud of. Uh, our stuff does not taste like anybody else's because we're the only ones that make it. And that gives us a lot of that creative freedom to make what we want to make and to make it taste the way we want it to taste. Right. Um, so it's really artistically freeing. Uh, so Granite Glass Distillery in Evanston, Illinois. Uh, being in Evanston, Illinois is of at least some historical interest to people who are students of history uh, because Evanston is effectively where the prohibition movement got started. Uh, the group of women that pushed prohibition uh, were the Women's Christian Temperance Union and the second head of the WCTU, uh, who was the woman that really drove prohibition to national prominence, uh, lived about a, mile, about a mile north of the distillery, and her name was Frances Elizabeth Willard. So a lot of people see a similarity with her initials and our name. Yep. Well, it is, of course, a sheer and total coincidence. Uh, <laughs> it's a happy coincidence, kind of, though, for the story. Do you go yeah, by it? Never, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Um, but, uh, you know, we're certainly very happy to be part of the townspeople there. But effectively, I'm the guy that killed Prohibition where it was born. <laughs> we, were, uh, we were the first alcohol ever made in the birthplace of prohibition and you know obviously there's dry counties all over right uh but uh you know, we're, kind of, we're kind of the og nice yeah I, I would i'd be happy with that I, that'd be something i'd be proud of like yeah I would, went to the heart of prohibition, heart prohibition like, this is where we're doing game this the finger. Finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we went to the city like uh, people just you know you <laughs> trying to get licenses and all that the people everybody in the city was like Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got our vote, but really? Here's <laughs> <laughs> you Evanston, right? <laughs> and for some people who don't know that want to know where it's at, Northwestern University is also there, right? Yeah, so we got Northwestern right here. Uh Evanston is just immediately north of Chicago. Uh we're on the you know, we're on the subway line, we're on the commuter train cool. line. Uh the distillery is about a mile north of the city limits, and we're just about maybe uh Maybe call it a third of a mile west of the lake if you try to get yourself a little bit of a geographic position. That's going to give you some extreme temperatures then, isn't it? You're going to have really, really cold winters, and then you're going to have really, really hot summers being, okay. It's hot as as hell in the summer. Um, I I was dying today. Uh, You know, know, our barrel warehouses will get well north of 100 degrees. Uh, we don't let them freeze because we have to have sprinklers on them. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Can't have our sprinklers freeze. Uh, but we also don't really want to pay to heat that whiskey either. So uh, we keep that whiskey nice and cold uh, all winter long. And in the summer, it just cooks. That's going to be a lot of movement in the barrel. Yeah. A lot of in and out. Yeah. yeah. What what kind of barrels are you are using? Just normal char, normal char oak and stuff like that? Or are you wow. using a specific char? So we use, a, we use a number three char, but we use a different wood than a lot of guys, okay. people use. So we use a Cooper up in Minnesota and all Minnesota wood. Okay. And so what that does is, you know, most of the big boys in bourbon, uh, they get their wood a little bit farther south. We're talking Missouri, Arkansas, Tennessee, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of area. Uh, our wood coming from, you know, quite a bit farther north up in Minnesota, shorter growing season. Uh, tighter grain and it changes the character of the, of the wood right yes the character of the whiskey too um and 
you know, there is no such thing as a standard definition of what a, you know, one, two, three, four, five char is. So we get a three char, but I think it's a little bit closer to like maybe a three and a half or even a four from some other groupers. That's personal opinion. That's not fact, but uh, it's a pretty heavy three char, but it keeps that really nice balance of the flavors. Uh, It's not too aggressive, uh, but it is aggressive enough. Well, Let's try the first oh, one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I've been wanting to we, try we've this. We've been talking about this too long. We can talk and drink now. Yeah. So you want to talk about it? No, it's, I'm, I'm talking about this. Is the oh, you want to talk about it? <laughs> I'm holding I'm it up on it there. Uh, He's already got everything up on this one. That he, He's excited. JC is the rye guy through and through. Well, so our bourbon, we get a lot of people that say it, and I do actually agree with it, that our bourbon drinks like a rye. Okay. What's the mash bill so, on it? So the mash is 70 corn, 20 rye, 10 malt. So kind of a relatively traditional okay. mash bill. Yeah, there's higher out there. Yeah, there's lower out there. Um, I, I'll call it a high rye mash bill. If you want to disagree, feel free. That's fine. But uh, uh, what I think really makes it stand out is, A, that oak that we talked about. Mm-hmm. And then also we use a beer yeast for the ferment. And so you okay. get a lot of really nice kind of uh, – spicy cinnamon flavors from that yeast and it's not just the rye it's not just the spicy oak uh you get some really nice esters and congeners off of the yeast we use i got it on my hands when you i don't know if he was talking about it i was like man that smells like a a, because the yeast it makes a huge thing yeah i'm gonna let this sit in the cup after we're serious yeah i'm definitely going to yeah give it a you know you feel free to give it an air give it a little bit of swirl i know lots of guys don't like the swirl i do um, so this is the one that won all your awards, right? So it certainly wins a lot of awards, although our rye is probably more hyped. Um, actually just got uh, rye, just won a gold medal today at the ultimate spirits challenge. Oh, congratulations. Well, congratulations. Yeah. 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 Nice. I got named tried and true, which means that it's been consistently one of their winners, uh, as a gold medal for, I think you have to have it for five years in a row to be a tried awesome. and true. Um, so yeah, we get a lot of awards on that ride, but uh, the bourbon certainly gets its fair share too. I get a lot of cherry on the nose. Oh, that does not that taste. That is not a typical bourbon. No, it's got that. Sp- I mean, I don't know if it's the kind of rye you use, but it's spicier than a lot of ones we've had recently. I'm getting really. Sp- I know yeah, I, some I, of the different grains. Like I know if you get like Oklahoma rye, some of that can have a very mellow, sweeter. Yep, I like the spice on this right now. I know some people get the rye overseas, but you said everything's done here locally, right? Yeah, most we, rye doesn't grow so great right around here, so a lot of our rye does come out of Canada, i.e., primarily Ontario. Okay, um, but uh, you know, we just get the best grain we can. You know, sitting here in Chicago, um, it's not like getting good quality grain is a challenge for us. You know, we're the, yeah, you know, we're in the bread belt of the world. <laughs> i never thought about it like yeah, that there you go you can find any grain you want <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah we use local grains but i don't know that that makes me a saint <laughs> this, this hits harder than 93 proof in a good way though like yeah. you get that burn in the back that, That's AJ, yeah, aj was talking about the spice yeah, yeah, you yeah. Got. there's a good it's got a longer finish on it than you would get i get a lot of cherries in the front and that spice in the back yeah, you get some good. You get some good sweet. You get some good spice. I got some. I, got some like, I think about what I'm talking about when I say drinks like a rye. 
Yeah. 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 It, it's it's sweeter than a rye, I think, but it's got the the backburn. It's got the, some the finish of a rye, I think, is is fair. I guess some like baking, like sugar, cooked sugar, caramelized sugar, brown sugar, brown sugar. It, it, there's a lot of stuff that people like kind of take for granted the grain you use in it mm-hmm. and how much difference it can make. Like you said, you call it a high rye. Some people could argue that, but with the kind of rye you're using, you really wouldn't need more, you know, that <laughs> might, you got that good spice. And certainly spice is what we were looking for. Um, as you can probably guess based on you know, the flavor. Um, yeah, it's- yeah, it drinks me. You know, I frequently lead off by saying it doesn't taste like Kentucky bourbon, primarily because it's not Kentucky bourbon. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's just really a tip of the hat to Kentucky because them boys and girls down there make some damn fine bourbon. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, this is very good as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is not, you know, and, and I think one of the things that, that we're really, you know, really appreciating is, it doesn't matter where the whiskey's from. If you put passion behind it, it's there's a good chance you're going to make a good whiskey, and there's p- room for a lot of different people in that in that arena. But it's really interesting with those extreme hots and colds. I want I think that might play in some of this uniqueness because of I'm sure it does. But it's so cool and interesting to us because the pa- it hits the palate differently than we're used to because obviously we live in Kentucky. The most majority of what we drink is Kentucky bourbon, of course, and so it's that uniqueness that really gets our palates thinking and our brains chirping and stuff. And it's really enjoyable. And, and that's uh, you get people that say, if it ain't Kentucky, it ain't bourbon. I mean, you hear that slogan all the time, but Stupid. we've had plenty of stuff from other places that are just as good, if not better, you know, it doesn't mean it has to be made here, but no, that makes we're famous sense. for it. But obviously Kentucky makes great bourbon. You can't argue anything other yeah. than that. But for me to compete against Kentucky, Fuck, man. I mean, I can't and win <laughs> and win. Like, I'm not, I can't. Like, I'm not going to compete with Kentucky by making bourbon that tastes like Kentucky. Right. Yeah. You got to make something unique. And, and you're, and you're winning. Have, so I love the grain. It has to have that level of quality. And I think we do have that level of quality. Ooh. The water opens. Have you up. heard the grain to glass term? Because I'm not familiar with that. That's the first time I've ever heard the that, that term. term. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe I just haven't paid attention, but. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of water uh, we don't chill filter, so uh, there's okay. definitely lots of solids in there, or not solids. I knew that, that question was going to come from you. That that gives okay. Try out that changes that. Yeah, that's why the oils are just so. We just put like three drops of water in, and it yep. really opens up the sweetness. It really it changes the the complexity. I, I almost taste more rye too, though. So it gives a lot sweeter. I don't know. Is, uh, I look at it when I put the water in, and I love watch. watching it just go. <sighs> Yeah, you oh, watch yeah. it swirl. I, I love, love seeing, yeah, seeing it mix and blend. And JC's already jump, jumping into the rye. He can't even help himself anymore. It's so dark. <laughs> pour your own. All right, I will. You, I can't pour. All right, but, but no, I mean, even, even without this, I mean, this is a solid bourbon. Yeah, it's re- a, regardless of what anybody wants to say about not being from Kentucky, but yeah, I, a, I win a lot of bets with that one. <laughs> I bet. Oh, it's definitely going to be something I have pick up more. I've always seen it on the shelf. Yeah, and It's one of those where you have a huge collection already. It's hard to just be like, I haven't had that one. Let's just so you know, this is our first try. Yeah. We do that a lot with people that come on, especially in the crafts kind of world or have, or, you know, have different brands. We want to have, we want you to have that authentic first taste. 
that okay. like these are our first reactions and we purposefully don't open stuff. If we're like, hey, we want to go after this place at some point, we're not getting their whiskey. And it has nothing to do with knocking. It's just the fact that we want to try it and be that authentic, real first impression. Um, because I think people appreciate that and it and it's more real. You know, we're not our brain's not saying you're gonna expect this. Sure. And we're not reading off like cookie cutter palette descriptions and noses. And- yeah, we made that mistake a little bit early on yeah. when we first started doing the show. We would read tasty notes from other places and then we'd have a preconceived notion and then try it and it would blow everything up. And we were yeah. just like, oh, well, that didn't work out. <laughs> but, but then yeah. you read some of them and you're like, where did they even get this from? Like, I'm trying to taste it and I don't find it. <laughs> it's weird. Like, set and setting is always such a big deal with tasting too. Like, you know, you know, maybe you had a cheeseburger for lunch and mm-hmm. they had, you know, pasta. Yeah. Yeah. And that can just, you know, that can tweak your palate for hours. Well, and a lot I've of learned not to eat spicy food before you drink because it brings the spice right back and oh, yeah, destroys anything you taste. And a lot of it's just regionally what you grew up in, like where you're at and what you're used to tasting and what I'm used to eating and being around are yep. completely different. So I always love reading the flavor that. with. Like if you ever that. read tasting notes from folks in the UK, you're like, <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. This tastes like fingers <laughs> and mash. What? What? <laughs> I've never even heard that word. I, I don't, <laughs> it may well taste like that, but I don't know what you're talking about. You're like, I have to Google this to figure out if it does taste like this and figure out what <laughs> Google that even translates. Means. <laughs> Maybe it is sticky pudding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell is this? <laughs> That's funny. Or you get the Asian, the Asians. You're like, I don't even have a clue what you're talking about. I don't know that word. But, uh, <laughs> what, what's the mash? But what's the mash bill on this rye? So the rye is going to be the flip. Uh, the rye is 70 rye, 20 corn, okay, okay. and malt. Uh, but we use a wine yeast for the ferment. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, have you guys all tried it? I, I will shut my mouth until you've all tried it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, um, well, that that hits JC's favorite word. What is it? Don't say it. <laughs> it's smooth. <laughs> he hates that I say that word. It's fine. I don't know what else to say. I've never so, found it. I've never found another better word for it. So, is this the same kind of rye that's in the? Do yep. you use the same grain? Same grains. All right. The, the grain comes in. It could be bourbon. It could be rye. We don't know until we mash it. Yeah. No, I've, I've just always wondered this because it always blows my mind sometimes that like. I feel like the rye is spicier in the bourbon, but when you flip it and you have that much more rye, it's almost sweeter. Well, it's like the clove and other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get like the, the, those clove notes. Grains, you get you the, know everything there. That the floral spirit. Yeah, couple. and you use wine, right? You said a wine mash. A wine yeast. Wine yeast. So, okay. So when you talk about, you're saying it's a little bit sweeter, and I tend to agree. But I'll also give it a little bit of a tweak that I think it tends to drink a little fruitier than sweeter. I agree. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, I think sweet and fruit can be very easily. Yeah. Uh, you could flip back yep. and forth, yep. right? Okay, I'm trying. Now I'm tasting fruit. Now I'm tasting sweet. But I think that mid to the finish, that Never sweetness thought. on the rye, I attribute that to the yeast more so than the corn. Um, yeah, the yeast can change the flavor on anything. It's yeah. it's a lot of fruit flavor for a rye i'm not used to this much fruit on a rye exactly what we're going for you can like it or not i don't need everybody to like it i just need a few yeah. <laughs> oh, few yep, i'm just I'm the few. least rye guy in here so that's a compliment it's almost got a minty aftertaste like that like fresh mint kind of 
experiment, like at the very on the back end. I'm just gonna tell you, like, this thing has absolutely no burn on it. I don't get the minty bit. Thing. Well, I lied. Now I can taste it's it. Like now that I'm thinking end, about it. Yeah. It's, it's After you say it, yeah. it tingles in the back like a mint. Yeah. And it's like hanging around there, but it's not like heavy forward, but it's. Now that you say that, I can get that. Plum. You're just going to name all the fruits? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. Just- Apricots I- and plums are around the same area. I'm getting. Uh, I- our, uh, our official tasting notes talk about plums, pears, and tart cherries. Yep. I- I got cherries. I, I, I missed the. I don't get the the pear, but the cherries and the plum. Yeah, I get. I get cherry. I definitely get that. It, it's it. Tar- so it's yeah, weird. It. it. This is really funny. That drinks like a rye. That almost drinks more like a whiskey, like a finished whiskey, right? Yeah. It almost. It almost. The ones that you would see in like a sherry cask, you get some of those notes with it. I don't. I don't get a ton of the rye with it, but that's crazy. That that's seventy percent rye to me. It's a it's a cool one. Like we we see a lot of guys that are that will self identify as Scotch drinkers will prefer the rye, and you're figuring that you you can tell why, right? You get that mm-hmm. you have some of those kind of whiny notes, and it, it's not crazy spicy, but you get some spice. But you've got this really deep, rich, complex whiskey um, that we really like. What can I say? No, I think I I think I like yeah, yeah. It's got some cognac. Taste. I guess the yeah. Easter there. Like I said, it has that. I, I always, when I drink some of the finished whiskeys, I always say some of them in the wine barrels like have that juicy kind of taste to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has those kind of notes, like you were talking about the fruit and everything. But it's so. So when you were coming up with this, like, how? What was the inspiration behind the mash bill for this one? <laughs> so. uh Started off with the mash bill for the bourbon. And basically what I tried to do is figure out what I could, you know, what did I like about all the bourbons that were on the market? Mm-hmm. What I didn't like about the bourbons that were on the market and tried to find a little bit of space where I could kind of stake my claim to a bourbon flavor. Uh, and as a little bit of a pro tip, uh, I went out and bought every bottle of bourbon I could find and lined them all up on the dining room table. And so my pro tip is, don't do that and have your wife come home. <laughs> uh, like after the hunting trip. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the sad thing is that's kind of a regular family gathering for us. Like we've had people come. I've had people come back home to my mom's place and we literally have the dining room table, the kitchen tables cleaned off and there's just random bottles everywhere. And it's like, grab whichever one you want. And there'll be like 30 bottles just sitting on the table. Thanks for the invite do you, tomorrow. Do you know what the do you know what the bad thing is about things like this? It's just like when you try it and you like it, you're like shit. There's another bottle I have to add to the collection. <laughs> I, li- I like this rye. This is this is definitely going to be. Yeah, I, I don't usually buy rye, but this is going to be one I think I'm going to have to really. I, I buy rye yeah. and I will buy this one. It's one of those that I've like. Whenever I try it and I'm good i'm like why did i wait so damn long to try it <laughs> well it's tough i mean it's still 40 bucks 45 bucks on the shelf and if you don't know it's tough to go out and drop 45 bucks oh yeah no and, that, and that's one thing i've liked about some of the stuff we've done like i've ha- tried bottles that i would have never paid for that i'm like okay i maybe should have jumped on some of those <laughs> but i mean this one for as good as it is 40 dollars is Still, a hell of a price point. Yeah. Can you <laughs> can you talk a little bit about the inspiration behind like the bottles designs and the labels? Yeah. So, like I said, we're all in Evanston, and all of our bottles 
all of the iconography is stuff that you would have seen at the 1893 World's Fair here in Chicago. Okay, cool. Um, so the, the World's Fair was kind of, you know, A, it just tells everybody from Chicago. People see it and go, Chicago, I got you. Um, but it's also that really kind of signified the rebirth of the entire city of Chicago after the Great Chicago Fire. Gotcha. In the same way, we kind of egotistically are trying to rebuild the craft of whiskey um, after you know the devastation of the whiskey business in the seventies, right? Bring back in some of that handcrafted small batch ethos into whiskey, um, like a phoenix rising from the ashes of the vodka devastation of the seventies. God, could you imagine if this was called vodka with friends? Holy crap! What a shitty name that would have been. That would have been day two. That would have been a sad name. We would have quit a long time ago. <laughs> we would never would have started. Vodka. Like, oh, look, it's vodka. There's another vodka. Guess what? That one's clear. It's just as clear as that one. Yeah, that's alcohol delivery systems with friends. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great vodka. I can't taste anything. <laughs> tastes like. Well, I taste nothing. I taste nothing, too. All right, cool. Let's move on. This is a uh, great vodka. It tastes like danger. <laughs> It tastes like I'm not going to work tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, mean, I think that's part of the inspiration for the labels. And the inspiration for the distillery as a whole is a little bit of family history. Uh, before World War II, my grandpa's family owned what is now a major brewery in the Czech Republic. Okay. Uh, if you're up on your world history, you recognize that in 1939, the Nazis invaded. Yep. Uh, it was kind of a thing. People heard about it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, just, just a, a few. A little bit of a big deal. Here's the thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, Nazis murdered the whole family and confiscated the brewery. Uh, my grandpa was the only survivor of the camps. Damn. And he spent the rest of his life trying to get the brewery back, but never did. And when he died, it kind of struck me that all of that history and legacy is gone forever. And I really didn't want that. And I'd rather do something that's positive and creative and building and something that maybe someday he could look up and be proud of me. Um, but it just, it just made sense. And so for me, whiskey is art and it's, you know, it's, I love that art and that creative and that making of new stuff. Uh, whiskey's business. I mean, it's how I feed my, <laughs> it's, how I, it's how I feed my kids. Right. Um, but whiskey for me goes pretty far beyond all that. And it really goes into the blood and family. And to me, whiskey is really, representative of the stuff that's actually important in life um and business is important but to me it's family yeah. and family and art is far more important and it's i'm just like a really lucky guy that i found a way that i could practice art while working in the family legacy uh and have a business made out of it too no, that's really cool. That's a really cool story. Thank you for sharing that. Like that's no, yeah. I mean, the history behind this is awesome. When someone's driven by that mentality, their stuff always ends up tasting better because, I mean, like you said, whiskey is a business, but a you're also drive. not a you're not a bean counter. You're not sitting yeah. here trying to think of what's the most effective way I can create something, you know, and push it out. I can tell you that what you get in front of you is one of the least efficient ways of making it. <laughs> uh we've had uh i've had a bunch of consultants come through and try and tell me how to how to change things to be more efficient and they'll, they'll come in you know they got they're all proud of themselves they got their pens and their notepads and like okay tell me whatever you will show you whatever you want to see tell you whatever you need to know 
Uh, but at the end of this, you're going to say, use a different yeast uh, because you know, we get 8 to 10%, uh, whereas distiller's yeast can get 20% alcohol by volume. So I could double my production overnight by changing my yeast. Uh, they're going to tell me that I'm fermenting wrong, which I'm not going to change the way I ferment. Uh, we ferment in a beer style rather than in a liquor style. I'm not changing that. And they're going to tell me other stuff. Uh, but we don't care. We make the whiskey. We want to make the way we want to make it. And it is financially stupid to do what we do. Uh, <laughs> Almost anything in the whiskey business is really at the heart of it. If you look at it, it's financially stupid until it works and you hit that right note and it's actually making money. Yeah. yeah let's know when I get there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're on to a good start at least. How, how many states are you all in right now? So we're in 50 states, 36 oh. countries. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, down there in Kentucky, you can find us at Liquor Barn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where you guys are if you're near Westport, but Westport usually has us. We're in Lexington. Lexington, yeah. Yes, we're not too far from Westport. Um, not so close either, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the uh, and then the, the big behemoth that shall not be named were there as well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so that's funny. Have you, have you been? To the to the site of the dis, the distillery in the Czech Republic, uh, no. Although uh, I, they set me up right next to their trade show booth at a trade show once, and it was great because uh, um, I went and I made they were and they were handing out engraved little steins, mm-hmm. and so I went and made them engrave my grandpa's name on a stein. So they're actually oh, still wow. like producing then. Oh yeah, yeah. No, oh, it's, wow. it's probably the biggest. It's it's a major brewery. But no, we're uh, my fam. My grandpa would never go back, and for the most part, I don't intend to either. No, that's fair. That's fair. It, yeah. What what's what's real interesting is is some of the younger generation that I think don't don't understand how close all that hap- that happened from World War II, all that fallout, how close it is still to our generation and the things that have affected and inspired and stuff like that. So it's just really cool because they are removed from it pretty far, but it's yeah. still close yeah exactly it's it's history you never want to lose because there's stuff that we have to learn and, and respect that happened so long ago that we wouldn't be the same you know country or people that we are today without it no and i mean you can be it's one of those i always say you can get bitter or you can get better and you kind of just went and did your own thing and like that's part of your history but you decide to create your own thing and kind of build that legacy from the ground up again you can build like you can raise a fist to the sky and you can scream why me and how unfair it is and this is bullshit and you can scream and you can get upset. But you know, we're Midwesterners, man. I don't I don't have time for that. I'm just gonna I'm See. just gonna go work harder. <laughs> yeah, go, back. go back to work, so, get it done. So give us what you can that's next for the brand. Like what what are some things that people are gonna see in the next, you know, near future coming from few? So we're really excited about two big releases we got coming out this fall. Um, one of them is going to be our 10th anniversary, okay. uh, which is going to be a really cool whiskey. Uh, hang on. <coughs> uh, it's going to be sorry. <laughs> Bless you. Uh, it's our first four grain whiskey we've ever released. And uh, it's got a kind of a cool, interesting backstory that uh, it was actually aged in Kentucky for a couple of years. Because uh, we originally sold the whiskey to a friend of mine on a contract, uh-huh. and then he sold his company, and we bought our own whiskey back from them. Uh, nice. huh. 
So, you know, it's kind of a silly little thing, but uh, uh, it's just totally different stuff. You know, we're using different barrels. We use mm-hmm. Kentucky barrels. Um, What's the, how many bottles of that's going to be out? Do you know? That'll end up, be, we, we actually just harvested it last week. Okay. Um, it's certainly the oldest whiskey we've ever sold, even though we, uh, we, we don't age state anything, but uh, uh, this is by far the oldest whiskey we've ever sold. Um, and should end up being somewhere around maybe about 3,000 bottles. Okay. Yeah. So uh, if we see it, we should get it. Yeah, if you see it, you should get it. It's going to be primarily sold in Illinois as well as via our direct-to-consumer site, uh, buyfewspirits.com. Okay, okay. Uh, so we're super excited about that just because it's freaking great whiskey. Uh, and then second, uh, we're going to be releasing our first uh, labeled, bottled, and bond products. Okay. Virtually all of our whiskey is effectively bottled and bond. We just don't worry about that six-month season. Right. Okay. Yeah. This is actually, and we bottle at 93 proof rather than 100. Um, yeah. So we're releasing a, we're going to be labeling a bottled and bond. Awesome. So we're be very looking excited about that. that. I do like a bottled and bond. Yeah. Bottled and bond is probably one of the most, just, I mean, it's, it's the most classic whiskey I think you could well, it, It's one of those things I always, I always tell a lot of people if you want to try something, try their bottled and bond because it's usually a good staple and. Everything's the same proof. You can kind of measure everything against each other. <laughs> yeah, no, it's we're we're excited and it's drinking great. Um, you know, we've all kind of gotten really used to our whiskey at ninety three, so uh, we get that extra seven proof, and you're like, ooh, that really steps up and stands up. <laughs> it makes a difference. Hey, howdy! It makes a big um, difference. Well, he's not. They're not that far. We might have to make a trip at some point up there. I'd be real curious. <laughs> like six, seven hours. Six hours. Five and a half from Lexington, depending on where you are. If you're on the east side versus the west side. Yeah, there you go. It's not that far, right? Yeah, yeah it's about you're five right hours, there. almost to the minute to Louisville. So, okay, I'm pretty sure my truck could get there on two tanks without expensive gases right now. But you know, we can we, we can make it happen. <laughs> Uh, Let's not go in February because the only time I've been to Chicago was in February, and that was a mistake. Why would you do that? <laughs> he, he likes punishment. Uh, Chicago's likes- a safe place, man. You got to you know come up, check it out. Uh, we'll get get you some good food, get you some good whiskey. The pizza. Uh, if you've never been to Delilah's, uh, you got to go to Delilah's. Just period, hard stop. Yeah, well, there, there's something that we like. It's food and whiskey. I mean, yeah. you can just look at us and know we like food and whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> we can go up in March 17th, kind of. March 17th? Did you just pull that out of your hat? What's that date, Paul? Oh, St. Patrick's, <laughs> 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 oh, Patrick's Day? St. Patrick's Day? No. He hey, says no. Like, no. <laughs> I just no, want to hey, see the Green River, man. <laughs> I've, I've never seen the Green River. How weird is that? I, I just want weird. to see it. We have the we have a green river here in Kentucky. Years. We're fine. That's, 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 we actually have a river called the Green River. We do. It's because it's because of algae. I want to see the bright green river. What's real? What's real cool is is the nose on this stuff. After we've let it sit in the glass, that nothing's in there. You get a hell of a lot going on there, which is really really cool. I really enjoy that. The non shield filter helps that. Is lingers now. These are good. Yeah, um, like. That rise is going to be definitely <laughs> picked up weird. very quick. <laughs> I know it sounds weird. I just got pecan. I know that sounds weird. This is like the little trick we tell everybody on our shows. Like, empty your glass, let it sit, then smell it and see what you get. It's really cool because you get so many of the of the unique notes without the, the alcohol on it. 
you know, or the uh, leave your mouth open, you know, leave your mouth slightly open when you're nosing. Yeah. That's too. Oh yeah. It's always fun when you do it with the empty glass because you don't get that alcohol or ethanol kind of thing going. And it's just, you get all the sweeter notes. And this is the first rye I'd say I'd love to smoke with a cigar. Well, we've got cigars. Well, we can, we can make that happen. I'm pretty sure we're going to make that happen. So. <laughs> Paul, thank you so much. Oh, <laughs> there you go. What do you got? What do you got there? I got a box of Undercrowns. Okay. Undercrowns. All right. Yeah. Just, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever smoked an Undercrown. Yeah. Um, it's probably one of my favorite cigars. I, I love these. We just... It's like whiskey and cigars go hand in hand. I don't... You just have to. Yes. Yeah. One of our other products is, the, is our bourbon brought down to bottling strength with cold brew coffee. And if you enjoy a cigar with your whiskey, it is the best cigar pairing I've ever had. Um, well, it goes every cigar I've tried it with, and it's... It's just the best cigar. I don't know why that wasn't really the target. We weren't trying for it. But holy damn, it's a hell of a cigar whiskey. Yes. What? Yes. Yes, please. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Now, now that's all I'm going to think about the rest of the night. Well, I've always noticed if you're drinking whiskey with like a cigar and everything, the whiskey tastes a lot sweeter. Um, you get some of the tobacco notes, and obviously, but... I feel like it's just a lot more. I don't even know. Uh, just well, the cigar just mellows out yeah. some other the other flavors because you yeah. get everything in there. Yeah, at least uh, at least um, for me, my cigars tend towards the medium to mild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, the the big heavy ones. It's I'm not a huge cigar smoker, so the big heavy ones are too much for me. Yep. Yeah, I'm I don't want to wake up next morning and like still feel like i'm like just smoked it <laughs> um but yeah those mild to mediums really bring out the sweetness in cigar in uh the whiskey yeah i don't i don't smoke it i mean i smoke cigars but i don't smoke enough that i'm just gonna go out on the back porch without a whiskey and smoke a cigar yeah my uncle just smoked cigars for the heck of it like so i'm, I'm not that person i yeah. can't do that but yeah I like to have the cigars. Yeah, the what's really funny is I've been wondering why do I smell cigar and I'm in in this mic. I'm like, we never smoke with these. I just remember we did our first outside shift yes. cigars, <laughs> and so the mic padding smells a little bit like a cigar. And it's just throwing me, <laughs> throwing me off for like twenty minutes. I'm like, why do I smell this? And I just figured it out. Yeah. Oh my god, what a day! I don't know anything. This is this. No one should let me be on a microphone ever. This is just we've bad. tried. You just won't stop. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you both. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. This was really good. Thank you for sharing the whiskey with us. We no, are, this is very good. Um, definitely recommend everybody out there. If you're listening to it, you see it on the shelf, you've thought about it. This is why we do this. Hopefully you go out and buy it, try something different. It's going to be very unique. I think all three of us are. Pull the trigger when you see it. Oh, definitely. Like I said, I've said, when we talked about a few, I was like, I could draw you exactly what the bottle looks like. I've seen it a million times. I've just never actually pulled the trigger on it and realizing how much of a mistake that is now, but now I, now I've learned better and (laughs) you've educated me (laughs) and hopefully we can do the same for some of our people. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. But thanks for having me on guys. You can always check us out in any of your social medias at few spirits and at few spirits.com. And if you're looking to pull that trigger, you can always go to buy few spirits.com. 
Awesome. And we'll yeah, put we'll, a, we'll put all that in the show notes too. So everybody, if you didn't catch all that, you don't have to go back. You can actually copy and paste it from there. We'll put it all in there. So we'll just rewatch the episode. Yeah, that's fine too. Times. Yeah, a thousand times. <laughs> we can use the downloads. Um, thanks again for, for joining us. Really appreciate it. And remember, a bourbon with friends can change the world. As always, the bourbons highlighted on this podcast will feature in the show notes. Tune in next time for another episode of Bourbon with Friends.